What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff. It is Wednesday, September 2nd. Eight days away, baby. Can't wait. Can't wait for the start of the NFL season. Exciting times indeed. And I did have a home league draft this past weekend, so we're going to dip into that thing, talk a little bit about what I learned from the home league draft, a little bit different from industry drafts, and allowed me to have my finger on the pulse of what you might expect for this upcoming weekend if you happen to have a draft coming up here. So we'll talk about that on the show today. Of course, we'll have some updates as well for Leonard Fournette, of course, and Alvin Kamara. Seems like we can't go a day without talking about those guys right now. So that's coming up in just a few minutes. But first, I got to tell you about our sponsor for today, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Of course you do. Well, you got to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different from the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, There's no salary caps, and you don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports. Hey, MonkeyNightFight.com has it all. Of course, they also have football. That's the big one right there, baby. And you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, You'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. 50 bucks for free. Love it. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be certain you know what you're getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So let's update this real quick here. Uh, and by the way, I've said it many times, but that's the best way you can help me out right now. Use the promo code RANT, and that will help me out big time. Help me out big time, all right? There we go. So, yeah, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> I jokingly said, hey, wouldn't it be just fun <laughs> if he went to the Patriots? Well, Jeff Howe said that the Patriots, he's over at The Athletic, of course. The Patriots do have interest. They've expressed interest in Leonard Fournette. Of course, he went on claim, so he's not going to make the money he was making before. But, I mean, hey, if you got him on a little, like, you know, $2.5 million deal or something like that, he could really pan out. I mean, a one-year prove-it deal is basically what he is destined for at this point. It would certainly throw a lot of cool water on Damian Harris. Like, Leonard Fournette is a a rich man's LeGarrette Blunt for that offense. If that happened, that would certainly help him out. Of course, it would create just this vortex of hate for people outside of New England. Not only do you have the general, and and hey, if you're a New England Patriots fan, you know this. There's a general dislike of the Patriots if you're not a Patriots fan. There's a general dislike of Belichick if you're not a Patriots fan. There's a general dislike of Cam Newton for a lot of people. Add Fournette to that, whoa. I I mean, that is, I I feel like it's like the perfect storm or whatever. Perfect storm of hate. If that happened, no updates as of yet beyond that, but that literally broke right before I um, hit record on this bad boy. As for Alvin Kamara, it does not sound like uh, what we talked about on the show yesterday is as bad as what we initially thought. They are negotiating a contract. I do think a deal gets done. I think it probably gets done in the 13 to $14 million range. It's not going to be a McCaffrey deal, but it'll be a deal 
that will position him as a top three, you know, running back in terms of, of pay, get him up over that $10 million mark annually, which is it's a big number for running back in today's NFL. He practiced. So all signs pointing towards everything is good with Kamara. And I saw some somebody hit me up with uh, a draft board. A lot of people have been sending me the draft board picks or it didn't happen on uh, Twitter, on the Twitter machine at Jeff Ratcliffe. And somebody hit me up with the board where Kamara went nine, one nine, a niner. That's pretty far. That 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 fell pretty far there. So uh, yeah, if we can kind of take advantage of the fear that exists currently here with Leonard Fournette, I am all about that. You know, give me, give me Leonard Fournette on the cheap, please. That's that's just phenomenal right there. If that um if that sticks, so. Uh, no worries. I mean, that's the moral of the story. I didn't have any worries necessarily yesterday either, and I think things are sort of, you know, really starting to clear up there. Uh, so that's where we currently stand with Leonard Fournette. That's where we currently stand with Alvin Kamara. Uh, nothing else in terms of, you know, sort of major news today. Uh, by the way, I think the Bears are out of the mix for Leonard Fournette. That was another thing that, that came across. I didn't think that was a viable landing spot. I, I don't know why people were throwing that out there. I mean, I, well, I guess I do know why, because Montgomery was a little banged up. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. Anyway, um, that's out of the mix. So oh, one other quick note. Um, my guy, Tyler Higby, sounds like he could pick right up where he left off. ESPN suggesting that he could be, you know, continue to be one of the top targets there for Jared Goff. I'm, I'm actually disappointed I didn't get enough shares of him. I was hoping he would go later in drafts, and he continues to go just a tick earlier than I'm willing to draft him. He's going, he's going in the seventh round in the last couple drafts that I've been in. So, you know, some things just don't break your way, but that's all right. That's all right. So let's talk about this home league draft. And I got to tell you, so this league was a two-quarterback, well, super flex format, but I treat it as a two-quarterback. It's a little bit deeper as well. So it's a 10-team league, two running back, three wide out, one tight end, two flex. So you get two flex and a super flex. That I love because it thins out the waiver wire enough so that you really have to do your work on the waiver wire it does help, you know, that they're, you know, it encourages trades a little bit, but you know, it's a little bit deeper. It's not super deep so that their waiver wire is completely barren, but I think in a 10 team league, you do need to expand your rosters a little bit uh, to account for that. And even still, there were a couple players who went undrafted in this league that I think, you know, uh, really are prime waiver targets, guys who would have certainly been drafted in 12 team formats. So anyway, observations. I mean, I was in the three hole. So. The draft went chalk, as you would expect. McCaffrey, Saquon, and then I went Zeke. Zeke is the hands-down, you know, stone-cold lock for me in the number three spot. Uh, Kamara uh, ends up going in the four spot. So it was basically chalk straight on through. And I I even think it it was chalk after that because the quarterbacks went next. It actually did go Mahomes first, then Lamar. It's a six-point passing touchdown league, so of course uh, Mahomes is going to go before Lamar in that format, even though Lamar led the league in passing touchdowns. I mean, I get it. So it's fairly chalk, and my whole thing in this format is you know, essentially what I always do in two quarterbacks. I'm going to wait until 10 quarterbacks come off the board. I'm not going to tell you to draft a quarterback in the fourth round, you know, start drafting him in the fourth round, because what if 10 quarterbacks aren't off the board? What if 10 quarterbacks go in the first round? Well, then we need to adjust our strategy to what the board has given us, right? So in this league, 10 quarterbacks off the board. Otherwise, I'm going to take what the board 
gives me in those first several rounds. So here's how it ended up happening. So I'm at, you know, pick uh, two, eight in the second round. After me, it went Mahomes Jackson, it went Thomas, CEH, Ty Freak, Derrick Henry, Hopkins, Chubb, Adams, Sanders, Cook, Julio, Jacobs. I'm here, and you know, it was five wideouts. If any of those five wideouts were there, I very likely would have went in that direction. But there was something glaring, staring me in the face. It was Joe Mixon. Now, this was before the news happened that he signed. And it was risky, and I understand why he fell a little bit. But I just swooped in. I did not anticipate going RBRB, but I took what the board gave me. So same thing, you know, in the third pick, I I really want to go after my third pick. I want to get the most bang for my buck. There's essentially one wide receiver on the board there who I would really consider if he gets back to me, and that's Chris Godwin. So, of course, it goes Aaron Jones, Kenyon Drake, Chris Godwin, and then Travis Kelsey. And I looked at my board, and there was one running back before a teardrop, and it was a pretty big teardrop to go down into, like, the Chris Carson and beyond range. The running back was Austin Eckler. I ended up going Zeke, Mixon, Eckler. I did not plan to do this. And I, I you've, if you've listened to this podcast for the last two months, you've heard me say how many times, oh, I would go wide receiver you know, heavy in this range because the value, the value, the value. Well, the value in this draft was at running back. And, and I, I've said this numerous times. If your opponents are going to make a mistake and hand you value on a silver platter, you take it. Now, obviously, you have some ground to make up at wide receiver, and once you go three running backs in a row, you can't go after running back anymore. You know, even if the value's there, you really have to address wide out and keep an eye on quarterback here as soon as 10 come off the board. But I'm willing to, to adjust there. So you got to adjust on the fly. You got to pay attention to what people are doing. Now, the crazy thing is, when it comes all the way back around to me, let's see, there are... Uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 wideouts off the board when it comes back to me in the fourth round. And I still got a top 10 guy. I got Allen Robinson. So Zeke Mixon, Eckler, Robinson. Don't you love 10 team leagues? Uh, went A.J. Brown in the fifth round for some bang for my buck upside. And then in the sixth round, I mean, I'm going to take Keenan Allen in the sixth round all day long in this spot for his nice high floor. At this point in the sixth round, we're still only talking seven quarterbacks have been drafted when I'm up. So I don't need to go after quarterback yet. Uh, in the seventh round, I took David Montgomery at a value. Now we're talking nine quarterbacks have been drafted. Finally, in the eighth round, the tenth quarterback is drafted. It was drafted right after my pick. I took Michael Gallup there. I looked at the board. I looked at who had the quarterbacks, and it was really bunched in the back end of the first round, not the front end of the first round. Those teams, so the teams picking behind me on the long comeback. So I figured I could get away with taking Tyler Boyd in the ninth round because you know there there was still plenty of quarterbacks on the board. So I risked it, and and really it, it was basically what I had expected. So after me went Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Stafford, Jared Goff, and Daniel Jones. All of these guys went after me. So I picked my poison. I guessed right. There was one team who took a third quarterback that I didn't think was going to happen. I really thought Daniel Jones was going to get back to me. But I ended up going with Cam Newton because I still wanted to get an upside guy in this format. Typically, I don't do it in a 12-teamer where I want to eliminate some of that risk. But here I went after it. And then bang, bang, like I always do in the next round, uh, the next guy on the board for me was Ryan Tannehill because Roethlisberger and Jimmy G went before that. 
But now I'm happy. I got the quarterbacks knocked out. You'll notice I have not drafted a tight end yet. So far, we're in the 11th round here. The tight ends drafted. Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews. Not necessarily in this order. I'm just reading across the board. Gronk, Higby, Waller. Waller went in the 8th round. Oh, that's so sexy. Uh, wasn't available when I was able to pick there. I probably would have went with him. So anyway, it's... You know, it's at this point where I'm like, well, I can risk it and still get Gesicki. So in the 12th round, shooting for upside now. Hammering upside as we get in the late rounds. McCall Hardman in the 12th, and then Antonio Gibson in the 13th. I'm up in the 14th. I look down. Jared Cook has gone. Hunter Hendry has gone. And I look, and I'm like, okay, well, Evan Ingram's still on the freaking board. <laughs> Evan Ingram's on the freaking board. Oh, Gesicki went too, by the way. Evan Ingram was on the freaking board in the 14th round. I will take it. Now, I I didn't want to necessarily double dip on the Giants, but I took Darius Slate in the next round. Ayuk the round after that. I took Lat Murray uh, the round after that. I don't like to handcuff my guys. I will do the naked handcuff. And so he was there. I took him. Remember, I kept telling you I'm going to take Dallas Goddard. I took Dallas Goddard in the 18th round uh, as my second tight end. And then we had a couple IDPs. We have a defense, a kicker. That's it. 22 rounds. And really, the observations are that early on, it was it was pretty chalky. You're not going to get much of an advantage early on. But as the draft wears on, the mistakes start to pile up as you got into the middle rounds. And, and really, I don't think there was any major mistakes by these guys early on. I think they left Mixon on the board a little bit longer than they should, but I understand why. Um, I, I took Eckler because the teardrop, I don't think that was a mistake by anybody. The mistakes started to happen in round four when Allen Robinson was on the board too long. Uh, when, you know, round seven, David Montgomery shouldn't have been there. Absolutely should not have had Evan Ingram in the 14th round, right? Make them pay for those mistakes because the, the, all the threads start to unravel as you get into the middle rounds. Keep that in mind with your home league drafts. If you have them coming up this weekend, attack your draft, make your opponents pay for their mistakes. All right, short one for us today, but did want to get that those observations out to you on the pod. Remember, ftnfantasy.com for all the fantasy football goodness you can get your hands on. We've only been open for under two months, and we have so much going on over at ftnfantasy.com. Appreciate everybody reviewing the podcast. If you haven't already, super easy to do. If you have an iPhone especially, open the uh, Apple Podcast app, find my pod, The Rant, Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. That helps me out a ton in addition to the Monkey Knife Fight promo code rant. Two ways to help this podcast out to keep this thing going. All right, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. I see you, Rat Pack. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.